Welcome to the Royal Tax Podcast with your hosts, Megan Templeton, Royal Legal Solutions Consulting Attorney, and Royal Legal Solutions CPA, MBA, and CFO, Pete Shindley. Each week, they talk about how to take your tax and financial strategy to the next level and learn how to build and scale your real estate investing business in a way that maximizes your returns and minimizes your taxes. This is for informational use only. For direct questions, please contact us or your local tax CPA accountant. All right, guys, good morning. So my name is Megan Templeton. I'm a consulting attorney here at Royal Legal. I mean, this is our Royal Tax show we have each week. And so thank you guys that are here. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun this show. I think we've got a really great session today. So, um, but yeah, Pete, give us a little heads up about some of the changes or what we're going to talk about today. Uh, thanks, Megan. No, you covered everything correctly. We're going to combine the Royal Tax to be part of the investor show as those two kind of have a high correlation with one another. And as, as Megan said, we'll, we'll shortly be going into breakout groups. And then after that, we'll do the Q&A session. If you guys have any questions or topics you want brought up and kind of discussed. And then if we do not um, go the whole hour, we have some extra time. I was just going to do a quick presentation on 2022 tax changes that I think would affect this group. But if we do run out of time, we could just push that off till next week. So I just want to make sure we can get your questions answered. So don't feel rushed. So what I did today was just kind of put some basic tax changes for 2022 that I think this group will, um, most of you may already know it, but if not, there's a few items I thought was interesting. So if you could go to the next slide, Ken. So first one is the IRS did increase our tax brackets. I, uh, it's like by about 1.3%. So you're gonna about three to $350 if you're single, married, filing jointly, or head of household, it's kind of what they increased it by. So if married, filing jointly, you got about $650 increase across the board for the different tax brackets. Um, as you can see, you know, not much of a benefit, but still, still a change. Um, going to the next slide, Ken. Um, Here's one I think that can help a lot of you, especially if you have your own S-Corp LLC where you have kids that do work for you. And um, that is actually the standard deduction for singles. So in 2021, $12,550, as long as you earned under that, you really didn't have to file taxes because you had a net zero and taxable income. So they did increase that by $400. So that's an extra $400 in 2022 that you can pay your children that work for you and lower your income tax on your end. And pretty much instead of giving an allowance after, after with dollars after tax, you can pay them up front with, with this way. So that was nice to see. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Quick question on, on exactly that. Um, you mentioned two things in succession there. One, you don't necessarily have to file your taxes if you make less than that. Uh, and then you talked about paying your kids. Yep. So I, I do pay my kids and I usually, well, and I've always paid them, well, no, I shouldn't say always. Uh, when they got older, I started paying them up to the standard deduction. But I always file a tax return for them. And it, I, I, I guess just more just to start the statute of limitations. Yep. Um, do, you, do you feel that that's the right way to go because I'd rather not have to pay to <laughs> file taxes for them. But so, so it really depends on it. Um, are you having any withholdings done with your kids' taxes return? Because um, 
There is yeah. a loophole. I mean, it's because they're not going to be taxed on it. So correct. So I would say if they were having any withholdings, definitely uh, file taxes. Um, if they don't make it, I mean, technically they are not required to, required to file, but depending on how much you're being charged to file them, I'd probably still file them just for documentation because I always like having more documentation than less. Me too. Uh, Me too. And that way, if you ever get audited and they say, did you really pay your kids that? Even though there's checks, you can point them to the tax return. So, um, so I would, I would still keep filing them, but that's just me being probably over the top. I feel the same way. So, hey, look, Anthony's back. <laughs> hey guys, sorry about that. Like, it's like it literally, like, you, you guys know, calls coming in from important things. Um, uh, I, the, the last question isn't relevant to what we're going through right now. So, uh, I will ask a question that I just put in there. Ah, there. Okay. Brendan's asking similar. Like, so I've got, I've got two kids that are actually eager to do something for any of our businesses. And um, I'd like to, exercise that opportunity, but they're eight and 11 that work <laughs> is that against the law. Um, so I think age requirements don't really take a matter in this instance. It's more if they're actually doing work. So some people can have a three-year-old and they use them as models and advertisement. So they'll write them checks for modeling. So as long as I, the kids are actually doing work, mm -hmm. you, you can pay them. Um, that, that's my viewpoint on it. Does anyone else have a different viewpoint or what have they heard? I, I, only because I've been doing this for like over a decade. Uh, I, I, not that you're wrong. I'm just going to add a little more flavor, I guess, to it. Is yeah. that, you know, look, you know, paying your kids 13 grand a year, your three-year-old, that's just ridiculous. And, it, you know, saying that you actually model them and they don't have any modeling work outside you, like putting one flyer out a year. Good luck with that. I mean, yeah, you'll get the right off and you probably won't be audited, but if you are, you're going to lose. So I'm a big believer in pay them commensurate with what they're actually, their age and what they're actually doing. You know, a three-year-old, like the classic one is exactly what P said, the modeling thing. I avoid it like the friggin' plague. Unless you've got a kid who is already modeling, then use it. If not, it's just it's just too much of an audit plug. Look, can they shred papers? Yes. Can they take out the trash? Yes. Can they clean the, the window or the mirrors and your opposite bit? Sure. Not a three, but like a five or six. Sure. You know, and pay them a few grand a year. And then every year as they get older, you can pay them a little bit more um, and increase their, uh, you know, their their responsibilities. And this is look, this is not just a tax avoidance thing. This is a great way to teach your kids responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to, you know, when I was paying them only up to about six grand, uh, or actually it was five back then was a limitation. I just threw it all into a Roth IRA for them because they didn't have to pay any taxes on their income and they didn't have to pay any taxes on putting that into a Roth IRA and my company got a write off. Um, so th that is some of my opinion on that. I, I've got a few others. Uh, just in terms of what I'm seeing here in terms of Brandon, if you have to pay the, uh, you know, the, the FICA taxes and such. The short answer is no, um, up to 18, unless you're paying them out of an escort, then you do. Yeah. So I have an escort. I don't want to pay them out of my escort. So I created uh, an entity that is basically under my own social security number. So it's just a pass through uh, called Weiler Family Management. And I, I pay, my escort pays that and then pays my kids um, so that I don't have to pay that FICA. Now, 
uh, and that's up till 18. Now I have a 19 year old now. Um, I am likely not going to pay her this year. Um, but one potential way to avoid FICA taxes, if you are going to pay somebody, a kid that's over 18, is to do um, like a one-time project. Like if your kid is good at programming and you give them a you know, big uh, you know, project that involves some kind of programming stuff, it's, if, it's, if it's like a one-time project, it's not considered an active business. Uh, and it could potentially avoid, you know, having to pay those FICA taxes and, and such like that. But that's like a, you know, you can't do that like every year and be the same thing or do it multiple times a year and then declare that it's not a, an active business. But, you know, a one-time project here and there, you could get away with it. So are you yeah, paying, was, are you? That would fall okay. under the other income on the schedule one. So that's how you uh, note that for the child. Chris, are you to dig in on that a little further? Your, your S corp is paying the Weiler family entity, and so then you're paying. Are you paying? Are you paying FICA on that? Is that how is that? Because it's an entity. No, I'm curious because that's, that's what I, I mean. I have an S corp that uh, is an e-commerce business, and I the kids are that's what they're going to help with. That's what I want them to help with. And um, so think of it if you were paying any other vendor out there, you wouldn't have to pay FICA for it. Right. Um, they're like contractors. Uh, independent contractors under that Weiler Family Management Company. And I am paying Weiler Family Management Company as an independent contractor. Um, Makes good sense. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. I do now, have if you have an LLC and it's not taxed as an S-Corp, you, don't, you can skip or you have a sole prop, you can skip that. But, you know, since I'm paying them out of my S-Corp, that's the way to yeah. do it. Yeah, yep. that's the business that they would be working for primarily. All my other ones are S-Corp or, or LLCs though, so... <laughs> uh yeah that makes but but um i like that i like that approach thank you sure one other thing i wanted to throw in there is you know i'm i'm in this business because when i was a kid my dad put me to work in his rentals and so you know i i learned to you know troubleshoot plumbing and electrical and drywall and cabinets and landscaping and repairing roofs and all of that kind of thing because I learned it as a kid. And then, you know, I grew up and I went off doing other stuff. And then eventually I figured out, oh, my dad is actually pretty smart in doing this. So getting your kids involved in the business, um, I think gives them, gives them some real skills that may be quite useful to them later on. Yep. That's a good point. We've, we involve them in that, in, in those things anyway. Uh, we just haven't, the, the connection that I'm making here from the conversation that was just brought up that people are like is, is compensating them in a way that is also a tax advantage way for us. Um, so that's the light bulb moment, but yeah, I love, I love uh, showing yeah, and things as, like that. As Chris did mention, it's gotta be reasonable. So <laughs> yes, re, re, reasonable is, uh, is the number one word that my CPA uses for anything that we do. Yeah. <laughs> and necessary. Actually, I think those are the Correct. two. Yeah. Now, just to put a little flavor on it, too, is that uh, like I, I like to put as much as I can to Roth IRAs for them. Uh, and then uh, the rest, you know, goes into an account in their name. Uh, and then it can be used, you know, either you could put that into savings for them or you can pay expenses out of that that have to do with them. 
Um, so, but just make sure you do that. I mean, it's just, we all get lazy and then you, you, you know, you transfer it over there and then you transfer it back into your own joint account with your wife and you don't keep track of it. Look, guys, it's, it's, it's a pain to do these things, but if you miss them and you get audited, it's just not worth it. So make sure you do it. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you want to unpack that further if everyone thinks that's a good idea, like with the, so you're, how, how are you doing this into the kids? So you've set up a Roth IRA in the kid in the kids' names, mm-hmm. and you're paying that from the Weiler Family Corporation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so exactly, uh, and what I do is look. I, I mean, to, ha- to set up a DBA is so easy. You know, yeah. you, you just it basically. Uh, I mean, you could just Google it, but basically, you got to put the like a an an ad for like ten dollars or what that says that my name, this is a DBA for my name or whatever like that. Uh, and that will work. You can get a, a bank account in the name of the, uh, uh, of the DBA. Uh, what I do is I just, I, I uh, like, for instance, I use Charles Schwab for that. So I, I have a bank account in the name of the DBA. I have um, a bank account uh, in the name of my, uh, my daughters or, or brokerage accounts to be specific. And then brokerage accounts, you know, specifically for the Roth IRAs. I have it all under the same, uh, you know, bank or brokerage firm so that, and all set up where I can do transfers online really easily. Uh, and it just, it just makes it, you know, not tough to do. Um, so yeah, I, I just send a check from my, now you gotta get, make a contract between your S corp and your DBA, uh, you know, make it legit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make it, make sure that you have the list of all the things that they're doing for your S Corp, you know, in that contract. And that could be increasing amount of responsibilities as your kids get older and uh, have a contract with that, um, with that DBA to your kids that they sign. And uh, yeah, you know, have the money going from your S Corp over to your DBA and then over to your kids. Um, and personally, the way I do it, is I do at least a monthly meeting and I do the whole Augusta rule thing where I, you know, rent out my house to myself during that meeting. I write up minutes. Mm -hmm. And when I do all my expenses, when I like pay myself from the Augusta rule over, uh, I also do transfers out, you know, to the uh, Weiler management family management company. Um, And and I just have this whole system where every, at least once a month, everything gets transferred over and in place. And it's all backed up by minutes and everything else and contracts. And it sounds like it's, it's, it's onerous, but w- once you get all the paperwork down, I mean, minutes are a piece of cake. You just copy the minutes from the last month and do some changes from, you know, change the dates and, you know, do updates to what you already talked about and add a few more extra things in there. And uh, it's, it's a piece of cake to do. Yep. Love it. And then Chris, you can also do that. 6,500 for the Roth IRA or IRA on top of the 12.5, right? Is that what you've done in the past or was that a different individual? The 6,500 on top of the 12.5? No, it's my that that 12.5 has to come out of earned income only, right? Or am I mistaken? Because I'd love to see if it was higher. Um, I've seen some returns where they do the Payment of around twelve thousand, and then there's also sixty five hundred for like eighteen thousand total. Ooh, so. I'll have to look into that. I'm not aware. If, of that. If it I, wasn't I, a Roth, that would make sense. But if it's going into a Roth, that that would be taxable. Okay, so not Roth, but a normal IRA. I think is what I've seen. 
So you might well, be able to get up to eighteen. So although I think you're 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 wasting a, a huge opportunity by well, I guess Correct. it's getting more money out and it's more write off for you. And there are so even at just eighteen thousand. I mean, only six thousand taxes. There at such a low tax uh, bracket. Uh, that might be worth it. Actually, you might want to do that and then convert it over to Roth. Yeah. That minimal amount of tax on that 6,000. Yep. Sure. So I'll see if, if I can find something on it. And I'll try to post a Discord tonight or tomorrow on that for those who are interested. Yeah, please do. I, I'm highly interested in that. So, all right. Well, what we'll do is uh, run through the other stuff real quick and then we'll um, ask questions as well as we go through those. So Ken, could you go to the next slide? So on top of the standard deduction going up, you know, the, if you have an HSA account, that's getting increased $50, not a significant amount, but that's as individual hundred bucks for uh, a family. So again, another way to put pre-tax, put money away pre-tax to pay for health costs later on in life to help lower your current income. Uh, Ken, next slide. And then um, for those who are wanting to give gifts, uh, that has increased to 16,000. Uh, you can give tax-free per, per person. Uh, it used to be 15,000, that was held flat since 2018. Um, if your state is 12 million, you're in essence can kind of pass that tax-free on. It was about a 400 million, a 300, $300,000 increase from 2021. Went from 11.7 million to 12 million in essence in a state tax exemption per person per person so yeah double for now yeah. so again can that's the question just on that pete sorry about yeah. that so i go back Ken. so if you have an estate tax exemption of roughly let's say 12 million why and you pass it on to your kids it's a separate tax filing you have to do, but why is the fifteen or 16000 all that relevant from an annual perspective? I mean, if you give 100000 this year, doesn't it just go towards the, the state tax exemption? Unless you think you're going to go over that $12 million. Want more information? Join our community groups that exist to provide a space for like-minded people on a similar journey to learn, share, and network with real estate investing professionals and entrepreneurs. We meet weekly for an hour in Zoom to offer knowledge and accountability. Be sure to grab the link in our show notes. So if you do 100,000, um, the difference between the 84,000 in essence would lower your tax exemption of 12 million by 84,000 then. So you wanna have 12 million later on when that happens. So what, pe what people try to do is when they get close to that 12 million mark is they'll just start gifting that 16,000 pretty much every year to every individual that they want or married couple 32,000 to kind of try to hover close to that 12 million. So if well, you're let's say you're an average Joe and you don't plan on, you know, having $12 million in your, your uh, estate uh, when you pass away. It, I mean, is it all, I mean, that's kind of my point. Let's say you only have 10 million and uh, you know, you're, wh why does it matter? I'm always kind of caught up with the, the $15,000. Yeah. 
Why, why does that matter if you say, I'm never going to go over 10 million? Peter, I'll tell you why it matters. It's a couple of reasons. One, if you're ever giving somebody a gift and you get, and it's more than $16,000 now, there's going to be taxes owed. That's just something you know to know. Uh, but probably more importantly, uh, if you're passing on 10 million bucks in today's exemption, you're okay. But if you get an extreme, but that's, that could change. I mean, this sunset, I don't, you could probably tell us when this sunsets, but it sunsets down, I think to like 1 million or 5 million in like, uh, like five years or whatever. And if, if Congress, you know, doesn't change that, then uh, one reason why you do these gifting is because you don't know what that future exemption is going to be. When it's sunset though, when you, if you've already contributed $2 million, isn't that already protected under the, the estate tax exemption? And if you, I mean, if you do give that $100,000. They're separate, right? I don't think that one has to do with the takes from the other. Um, There is a million dollar exemption one that I'll eat into, but let me address two things. First, as Chris said, in 2025, that $12 million mark will be down to 5.49 million. And under the current administration and Congress and Senate, they want it closer to like one to 2 million. So that's why you would want to start bleeding the 16,000 is to get your estate as low as possible. So if the loss, when the loss sunsets in 2025, 5.6 million per, per, 5.49 million per person, sorry, you want to try to just get as low as possible depending on who's running the government and what tax laws they enact. So. I thought it was grandfather. Let's say it does go to 5.6, but, and again, I'm just using rough numbers here. Let's say I've till this date contributed 10 million into, you know, segregated family trust and it was already funded prior to the sunset. Isn't that protected? Grandfather's in. Is it irrevocable? But you've already transferred it out. That's the difference. Right. It's like three different things you're talking about. But yes, it was a short answer. So it is protected. But then. And irrevocable trust, yeah. Why would the 10, let's say you contributed $100 million. Why would that difference between the 15,000 be taxed? I thought it's just carried over in your taxes. So if you donate, if you give 20,000, an SS3 is gonna be a $4,000 tax to someone. It is, okay. I thought it kind of counts towards that tax, that estate tax exemption. But that 4,000 can lower that exemption is the last article I read on it. Okay. It lowers your lifetime exemption then. Right. I've understood that. I I think we're agreeing. So it does lower the 12,000 or 12 million, but then let's say it's sunset and you've already accumulated 10 million in there and that's grandfathered in, in my head, that means you don't owe any taxes, but maybe I'm just totally wrong on that. And it's okay for you to say that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you could do it that approach because the annual exclusion, okay. you know, that extra 5,000, 
in our near example would count towards the exclusion, which you're saying is correct, but I just don't think you can do 10 million gifts without having to pay tax implications. So. Yeah, if I could jump in here too. I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about as my kids get older or I get older is, uh, and maybe you could step in here too, is that, you know, because we're all involved in real estate, I, I think there's some interesting plays that you can do there. Uh, I, I kind of fear the idea of going to irrevocable trust only because it's a lot harder to get out of. And, you know, it's there's tax implications and, and other issues. But I've been considering something like a family limited partnership where your kids get increased amount of interest in it over time and therefore can potentially bypass some kind of estate taxes. Uh, and, and it could even be where their interest increases, but maybe their control doesn't. And uh, there's a lot of different plays that I think we have as real estate investors that maybe your average Joe with a stock account just don't have. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Peter, your, your mic is so much better now. It's like HD, man. Yeah. I, uh, we can hear you. Computers, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like your, I like that option, Chris. I mean, I think if you do consider your real estate business as a real business and, you know, we're both in California, but, you know, for me, the way it is, both my wife and I are 50-50 owners and we could just start introducing our kids as, okay, they're 1%, they're 2%, they're 3% over time. Uh, their percent ownership of the business is increasing and uh, you could probably limit the, the tax implications of them moving from a minority position to a majority position when you pass. I think it can also help you out um, in, the, uh, in the present as well. I mean, assuming they're, well, a couple of things. I mean, one, if, if they are interested in getting involved, that's, that's a great way to get them, you know, into the business and, and get benefit from it. Um, and, and also, if they're in a lower tax bracket, per se, you know, shifting some of that income from your current, uh, you know, entity into them might be mm -hmm. beneficial as well. Yeah. I have an idea. Might work for you, Chris. And, and Pete can correct me if I'm wrong. So have your kid buy a land that's super cheap and they rent it to you. And you build a mansion on it. So let's say they bought a land for 500000 and you build a mansion uh, with $2 million improvement. Now their house is worth 2.5 because you are a tenant and all the improvement you are doing is tax-free for them. Am Wait a minute. Did you say buy cheap land and then you said $500,000? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in Chris. California, yeah, that's cheap. That's a, yeah, in California. California. That's, that's New what you're saying. So the, the key is for them, they have a low base and then they rent it to you. You spend all the money to build the house. Any improvements done by the tenant is tax free for the landlord. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so you. I love my just, kids. I'm just not building them a two and a half million dollar house. <laughs> yeah, but you got to realize, twenty years from now, that's going to be like a five hundred thousand dollar house. <laughs> <laughs> my God. 
Yeah. That's so that's interesting. Really, but if you're not the mm-hmm. owner, I mean, this this would mean you. I mean, you'd have to have cash. I mean, it'd be harder to get a loan if you're not the owner. Yeah, of and most tenant improvements are kind of landlord giving it to the tenant to build their commercial space. So I love the creativity, though. I, I, I think it, it dairy it sounds good, but there might be some speed bumps you'd have to overcome. So, but it's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's just the numbers are making me a little nervous since they're in the millions, but could work. Because usually it's the landlord giving the tenant money to update the the property. We'll or see. you, your kids can buy a re- really um, beat down multifamily and then uh, uh, rent it to you and you as a um, you know sublease landlord make all the improvement value add and then you know the value of that building is going to go up and it's not done by your kids it's done by you so that all that improvement is tax free for your kids yeah that that'd be more of a leasehold improvement on that aspect but yeah i know i get your example so okay yeah all right um we're almost at time so ken we'll just post this in discord the other one was just kind of uh more contribution levels to the solo 401k you know you can contribute an extra thousand for the employee section and then uh due to new laws and regulation you'll be getting a 1099k from like paypal or venmo if you use those and get over 600 dollars. so that was kind of the, the the rest of the slide so i'll post we'll have this uh, slide deck posted in discord so um, I just kind of do a wrap up. Any other questions or comments that uh, was there we before we start? Proposed increase for uh, people over fifty contributing to retirement account, or I remember hearing that somewhere. Uh, the last thing I saw is sixty five hundred is what they can contribute if you're over fifty, and then the, the catch up contribution. Right, but for some reason I was it was either higher or there's some proposal like if you're not just over 50, but like really getting close to 65, like there was going to be some even bigger jumps or I think this is just all proposing with the Senate right now. But uh, yeah, I know there's some new um, legislation by a couple of senators and actually some actually Democrats and Republicans writing legislation that there is more opportunities to revamp retirement accounts, but there's no right now or something like that. I think it passed the house and now it's with the Senate. So yeah. Um, yeah. Some good, some bad in there. We'll see how it ends up. Yeah. But that's all just, it's not law yet. So that's, I, I don't have anything on it. So, all right. Well, I'll see you guys next month for sure. And then hopefully throughout then. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you're feeling overwhelmed with taxes as they relate to your real estate business and investments, or you're unsure if you're doing your accounting correctly, fill out our five minute quiz. With the information from this quiz, you'll schedule a meeting with a Royal Legal Solutions advisor who will provide you with powerful tax-saving strategies on your first call. Go to www.royallegalsolutions.com tax to fill it out.